Ali Baba and his 40 Thieves are one of the most recognised tales worldwide. Even if you do not know the story, you have probably heard the magic words. Open sesame! In the 1940s, there was a string of films based on Ali Baba in the wake of the commercial success of The Thief of Baghdad, which had actually been made three times first in 1924, then in 1940, and again in 1960. These string of Middle East-inspired films were all extremely reductive and American, and from a modern viewer's eyes, quite racist. But The Thief of Baghdad and the 1944 version of Ali Baba and the Forty Thieves were incredibly successful because they were not about the real Middle East nor were they about the historical age of Islamic scholarship and enlightenment in which the stories were set but rather they were about the West's idea of the Middle East. It was a fun cultural reference for Bettys and Reggies of the day to try on as a costume to discard as kitsch and exotic when they were done. The way the West has viewed the wonder tales of the Middle East has mostly been through this lens of Orientalism, a fetishised idea of the East. Since a Frenchman travelled to Turkey and translated an Arabic language book into French, a book called One Thousand Nights and One Night, I'm Claire Testoni, and this is Singing Bones. Today we are talking about the tale of Ali Baba, which, along with Aladdin, is probably the best known of the Arabian night stories. I'm saying Arabian nights in quotation marks if you cannot hear them, because this is simply a European term for so many stories, many not Arabic in origin at all. Many are Indian, Persian, Turkish, Pakistani, some might even be Greek. I would also like to say that we are starting with the history of the Arabian Nights stories in 1704, when Antoine Gallard, a French Orientalist and archaeologist, first began translating the tales from books he discovered in Turkish libraries and occasionally from people he met. The history of how the tales got into those books is an episode into itself and as I have no skill in Arabic or any other language in which the tales were written, I'm going to leave that history, the ancient and medieval history, for another day when I have an expert on hand. Consider this the modern history of the Arabian Nights, not the complete history. The other reason we are starting so late in the tale's history is because this is where the story of Ali Baba first appears. So, Antoine Gallard is from Rollo in France, Born in 1646, he had a traditional classical education 
and especially excelled in Greek. He also learned some Arabic, which would have been quite rare for the day and the location. Because of his language skills, he's attached to the French embassy in Istanbul in 1670. He also travelled to Syria, Persia and around the Mediterranean, copying monument inscriptions and occasionally taking a monument with him. The ethics of modern scholarship were not yet in play with Galad's era, and archaeologists were little more than treasure hunters. He spent some time working on his Arabic, learning Turkish, and several Persian languages also. Upon returning to France, King Louis XIV gave him the title of Antiquary to the King and sent him off to find more treasure. In the 1690s, Galag comes across a manuscript of Sinbad the Sailor in Istanbul and translates it into French. The tales of Sinbad and the monsters and trials he is faced with are incredibly successful and Galad is inspired to translate a book already associated with Sinbad by the Turkish, who own both volumes, a 14th century book, most likely of Syrian origin, written in Arabic, a book called A Thousand Nights and One Night. We translate it today mostly as A Thousand and One Nights, and the author or authors remain unknown. The A Thousand and One Nights contains the frame story of Shahrazad, the daughter of a vizier, an advisory to the sultan. Sultan, who was betrayed in love by his first wife, and so he has married again and again, spending only one night with his bride and having her beheaded in the morning. Shahrazad ends this cycle when she tells him stories, making sure to get to the good bit just as the sun rises each morning and ensuring her life for another night. Here is a taste. But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence, leaving King Shahariya burning with curiosity to hear the rest of her story. Then Dinarzad said to her sister Shahrazad, What a strange and lovely story. Shahrazad replied, What is this compared with what I should tell you tomorrow night? If the king spares me and lets me live, it will be even better and more entertaining. The king thought to himself, I will spare her until the rest of the story. Then I will have her put to death the next day. When the morning broke, the day dawned and the sun rose. The king left to attend the affairs of the kingdom. And the vizier, Shahrazad's father, was amazed and delighted. King Shahrahaya governed all day and returned home at night to his quarters and got into bed with Shahrazad. Then Dinarazad said to her sister Shahrazad, Please, sister, if you are not too sleepy, tell us one of your lovely little tales to while away the night. The king added, Let it be the conclusion of the story of the demon and the merchant, for I would like to hear it. And Shahrazad replied, With the greatest pleasure, dear happy king. The story of Shahrazad is a wonder tale in itself, and that has much in common with the Italian frame stories of the Middle Ages and the Renaissance, 
such as the Decameron and the Pentamorone. With such good trade routes between Syria and Venice at the time that these books were written, it's impossible to say who influenced whom, but it's certainly a thrilling link. Gallard's translations eventually spanned 12 volumes and included not just the tales from the Arabic book A Thousand and One Nights, but other tales from other texts in Turkish and Persian, as well as 17 orally collected stories from a Christian monk in Syria called Hana Diab. The origin of many of these stories is unknown. Many resemble stories from Pakistan and India, suggesting that they were stories that had travelled far. There is no text of some stories before Gellard's translation, no existing copy of Aladdin or Ali Baba. Most modern historians believe that Gellard in fact wrote these tales himself. And in part, the reason these tales are so successful in is the European structure that they had to them. Gellard did not capture the tone of the Arabic and Turkish tales either. He took out the poetry in the text. He censored the sex and violence considerably and was clearly inspired by the very popular French fairy stories back home of the Precieuse, who we discussed in detail in our first episode, if you want to go back and learn more about them. And Gallard was also influenced by his good friend Charles Perrault, with whom he was friendly and worked with in the court of Louis XIV. Gallard's tales were incredibly successful and created a vogue for oriental fashion and decor. Some French tales were retold with an Arabian twist, especially the darker ones. Bluebeard, a very French tale, was retroactively made an Arabian sultan. Beauty and the Beast was retold with Persian roses, and Snow White in Germany has her seven knights and seven soldiers replaced with Ali Baba's 40 thieves. Which brings us back to Ali Baba, arguably the most popular tale from the collection. Aladdin did not gain as much favour until an English pantomime much later. Many people forget that the tale of Aladdin and the Magic Lamp is actually set in China. And so in the 19th and 17th centuries, Ali Baba was more influential, being set in Baghdad, a mythical and exotic land to Europeans that conjured up all they thought the Middle East to be. The story of Ali Baba itself resembles the treasure tales of the Middle East, such as the City of Brass, mixed with European tales like the Robber Bridegroom and Robin Hood, and other stories of organised bandits, as well as fables of two brothers, in where one brother is good and poor, and another is rich and greedy. The relationship between Ali Baba and his brother Kasim is mirrored throughout folk tales. And the end of Ali Baba fits the theme often found in European stories of the useful servant, 
with Ali's servant girl, Morgiana, saving the day several times, killing the thieves, sorting out their problems with the police, essentially saving the day many times over. The most memorable part of the story, and the most copied and shared, is the scene where Ali Baba is hiding in the bushes and sees the King of Thieves come up to a cave's entrance and call out, Open Sesame! Strangely, sesame seeds have since become associated with magic, retrospectively. They are used in opening spells and good luck charms today. There has been some suggestion that the magic cave of the 40 thieves is a reference to the religious story of the seven sleepers and their magic protected cave. The seven sleepers appears in the Bible and in the Quran and tells of seven Christians escaping persecution and being forced to hide in a cave in Esophis where they fall asleep, waking only when the threat of persecution is gone, supposedly hundreds of years asleep. It's a story that is more prominent in the Quran and in Greek Orthodox teachings. In fact, there is some scholarly suggestion that the tale of Ali Baba was originally Greek or Cyprian, and Galad gave it an Arabic feel in order to fit alongside the Arabic texts. There is a Greek 19th century tale of two brothers like Ali and Kasim and 49 dragons that sit on a hoard of gold which the good brother steals successfully from and the bad brother less so. While this was collected much later than Ali Baba, perhaps a version of this story is what the Christian monk Diab told Galad. Ali Baba itself became retold in European traditions, with the Grimm brothers collecting a version of the story called Open Sesame or Simmeli Mountain. There are other German versions and a Slavic brothers story that sit close to the tale, as well as a Kashmiri tale of robbers robbed that echoes Ali's victory over the King of Thieves. Recently, more wonder stories from the Islamic Enlightenment have been translated. A book was discovered in the library of the Great Mosque of Hagia Sophia, even older than the Thousand and One Nights, discovered only in 1933. It was a manuscript of wonder tales that has been translated as Tales of the Marvelous and News of the Strange in which many of these tales were treasure-seeking. Research into this text has helped build a broader understanding of Middle East fairy tales, pre-European influence. If you are interested in reading a more traditional English translation of the original Arabic text of A Thousand and One Nights, I highly recommend the 1988 translation by Hussein Hadawi. His introduction is also excellent reading, where he goes into the history of the work's translation, as well as the personal history of his experience with Islamic fairy tales, and hearing them in the marketplace and from family members as a boy in Baghdad. 
I'll put up a link to his book in the show notes on the website. Hathaway gave much credit to Gellard's translation, which surprised me. When, that is, the stories were not inventions. Gellard's legacy is felt today, not just in stories or Disney movies. Gellard was the first to translate key mathematical texts from Arabic to a European language, allowing the European world to share in the discoveries of the Arabic world. He also translated the Quran and encouraged its place in theological institutions and European society. He even sent a copy to King Louis XIV. The company Alibaba, the Chinese answer to Amazon, one of the biggest online retailers in the world, named themselves Alibaba deliberately. They reported that Alibaba is a story and character that is recognised worldwide and belong to no one cultural group, allowing them to cash in on a world collective memory of Alibaba's cave of gold and the magic that unlocked it. While writing and recording this story, Baghdad, the setting of Alibaba and many other Arabian night stories suffered a large and brutal attack on its people. At the moment I'm recording this, the number of dead are at over 250. Yet here, in Australia, where I live, these attacks did not elicit the same response from the media and individuals as the Paris bombings, or the recent attacks in Turkey or Brussels. Sadly, I think many people in the English-speaking world connect more with Paris They see France as their culture, Parisians as people like them. But it is our culture. The citizens of Baghdad are like us. If you have listened to this episode, you can hear the many ways European culture was impacted and changed by Arabic and Persian culture. In art, science, mathematics, stories. We share the same stories. I grieve with the people of Baghdad, a place I have never been, but it holds the same power of imagination and history over me as Paris, where Charles Perrault wrote his tales, or Cassel in Germany, where the Grimm brothers lived. The monument of the magic lamp in Baghdad is as powerful an image to me as the Little Mermaid statue in Copenhagen. We share the same stories. We are all linked. And my heart aches for your city. To read any of the tales mentioned here today, head to our website singingbonespodcast.com and click on fairy tales and if you like the show you can support us by rating us on itunes it makes such a difference to us each review and rating if you really really like us you can donate to us on our website just click the link support we're also on twitter 
Facebook and Pinterest. Find us, follow us, get in touch. Singing Bones is a member of the Dark Myths Podcast Collective, where you can find other podcasts like this one that delve into history, myth, fantasy, and the dark corners of the world. Check it out at darkmyths.org. Next time on Singing Bones, we begin a two-part series looking at mermaids. Starting with Hans Christian Andersen's The Little Mermaid and leading you on an adventure around the world and under the sea. This one's been a while in the making and there was just too much mermaid magic for just one episode. Till then, I'm Claire Testoni. Wishing you a happily ever after.